0: Fix the convince. Welcome to the Fix the Convince podcast. Here's your host, New Spark Founder Paul Mosenson.
1: Hey, out there, it's Paul Mosenson, New Spark Consulting. Fix the convince podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. Today, we're going to talk about technology and what you have in your organization from a marketing perspective. You've heard the word stack before, and I don't mean a stack of pancakes either. I don't know where the word stack came from, actually, but it's probably one of those words like scale, right? Buzzwords. But speaking of that, we have a great guest today, and he's one of my idols, I'm just saying that. Scott Brinker, hey Scott. Hey, great to be with you, Paul. You too, thanks for joining me. Who is this Scott Brinker, anyway? He's, a, he's an amazing marketing technologist. He's been analyzing marketing technology and its impact on marketing organizations for more than a decade. He writes the very popular Chief Martech.com blog and serves as the program chair of the Martech Conference Series. He serves as VP Platform Ecosystem at HubSpot Helping to grow and nurture the company's community of technology partners. And he's authored the best selling book, Hacking Marketing, about adapting software management practices such as agile methodologies to marketing teams. Previously, he was the co founder and CTO of Ion Interactive, that's Convergent Optimization back in the day. He holds degrees in computer science from Columbia University and Harvard University, and an MBA from MIT. Gee, I just went to Temple. Uh, but that's great. You can connect with him on Twitter, at Chief Martech. How was that? Wow, okay. <laughs> I'm feeling old. <laughs> I know. No, we're not old. We're just better and more experienced. Ooh, good, good framing. <laughs> but I have a number of questions about marketing technology, because I find it fascinating myself. You know, we're always doing demos and learning and it's amazing how technology has um, evolved over the years Uh, tell me about the highlights of your background scott and how you got so interested in marketing technology
0: wow well i've kind of always been one foot in each of those worlds i uh, you know started out life doing software programming uh, but was always in very entrepreneurial small startups and so Um, uh, ended up starting to wear the hat early on of like, okay, well, once you build the software, it turns out if you just build it, they do not necessarily come. You do have to, you know, find some sort of way to communicate, uh, what you have to the outside world. So I always was fascinated by marketing. And then, you know, I mean, as the web exploded, uh, you know, in the late nineties and the early two thousands, uh, yeah, a lot of my professional work was getting hired by marketing teams, to help them implement you know, websites and digital marketing and collaborating then with their IT departments because for some crazy reason at the time, uh, you know, at large companies like the marketing departments and the IT departments didn't really understand each other. They just didn't talk to each other. It was, uh, you know, so bridging those two worlds uh, just got me super fascinated with the, uh, yeah, this, this concept of marketing technology as a field.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Following up on that, how did you come up with that crazy Martech landscape that I remember maybe with 10 companies (laughs) on it? But that, that, I mean, if people find that on your website and everything, and you're, I mean, that is amazing. You can't even read it anymore. I downloaded the list of 7,000 companies. But, you know, what are the key categories in this? And, how many are listed now and are you going to keep growing it?
0: Yeah, this is one of these things that um, did not like go the way I would have uh, expected or predicted. Um, you know, I, I I did the first one that was about 10 years ago simply because yeah, and what we were talking about earlier, trying to persuade senior marketing leaders that they should be incorporating technology management into some of their thinking and some of their team because, hey, they were just becoming really dependent uh, on these technologies for how they executed uh, their strategy. Um, uh, And so, yeah, I mean, you know, it started out like showing people 150 different MarTech companies and everyone, including me, was like, oh my goodness, 150, you know, that's crazy. Look at how many there are. I know. Uh, And (laughs) and then to just keep doing it year over year, and see it grow like, yeah, the one we released a couple weeks ago was like 8,000 on it. Um, it's, I mean, it has grown something like 50,000%. Uh, you know,
1: it's just, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, I've always been fascinated by that. And obviously, a a, a company that is, you know, a, um, out there and, and growing, I mean, they should have a number of these marketing technologies, of course, and I think the first ones I remember were like marketing automation, I guess, and you know, Google ads, (laughs) but um, which actually is kind of a part of the stack anyway, and speaking of that, we talked about stack, where that came up, but um, there is a marketing stack, and of course, there's an ad stack now, and things like that, but in your opinion, there's so many different categories, but What do you think are the most important components of a marketing stack?
0: Well, you know, the truth is for most companies, it boils down to a relatively simple. Set of core capabilities, right? You want to have some sort of database that's keeping track of customers and prospects, uh, you know. And so the simplest version of this is, you know, what we think of as you know CRMs.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Um,
0: and then you know you're online, so pretty much everybody needs a website. Uh, so you've got some sort of you know CMS, or you know even if it's a you know simple thing like you know Wix or Squarespace, somehow you're like getting your presence on the web out there. And then I think the third component that almost everyone has is some sort of way to be able to then engage with their audience uh, around email. So it, it could be as simple as just a basic email marketing service. Um, you know, as you get more sophisticated people, you know, get into the space of marketing automation and, you know, much larger, uh, you know, more sophisticated systems. But um, Yeah, I mean, you know, for the core, like if you've got your database of customers, you know, they can find you and engage with you on the web, and then you can interact with them through, you know, certainly at least email as a channel. I think that's the seed
1: of where all this grows from. Right, right. We have a future podcast coming from uh, Bambora and intent marketing platforms and things like that. I mean, that's just an example of all these overlays like i know uberflip is popular with message engagement and interactivity and personalization and you know it it, you know it, it can get pretty uh intricate for sure um but i always said though despite all these tools that are out there the real success is the people and the strategy of course a tool is just a tool do you agree and why don't you elaborate on what makes these tools work and based on the strategy. Yeah, no, absolutely. I've, I've joked for many years
0: that uh, marketing automation is not what it sounds like. That, oh, well, I bought some marketing automation, so clearly my marketing is now all magically automated. It just, you know, customers will just spew out at the other end, um, if only. Um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, at the end of the day, the strategy and execution is everything. I mean, these tools, there are so many of them, but frankly, they're a commodity. I mean, anybody can buy any marketing tech tool. So that isn't going to, you know, inherently like distinguish your business. You know, it's entirely about how you apply this technology to uh, attract and engage customers in a meaningful way. Um, And I think the, the fundamentals are always so much more important than the sophistication, right? Like, I mean, we were saying earlier, right? If you've got you know, like a good website and people can find the right content about you and it's engaging and it's helpful, um, you know, the, the, the product or service that you're selling is well described, it's a good value prop, you know, when you engage with them over email or, uh, you know, other sorts of nurturing channels, like you're you're being genuinely helpful. I mean, like if you're doing those core stuff, man, you are way ahead of yeah. you know, most of the companies out there. Right. Um, and then I think like, you know, particularly as companies grow larger and they're either serving more sophisticated customers or just the state of the art of what people expect. Like, you know, people expect they can engage in a chat bot on your website or um you know, if uh, the way in which they expect to be uh, you to respond uh, when they try and engage with you over social media or things like this, you know, you, st- you start to layer in things where there are a lot of really interesting tools to support, you know, these additional channels, additional marketing tactics. Um, but I think, yeah, you, you definitely want to keep that cart uh, horse in front of the cart uh, as far as like, okay, well, you know, it, it's great to layer in some of these more sophisticated tools, but you know, how exactly do you plan to use them to deliver more benefit to your audiences? The the, the north star you want to use
1: in that uh, decision. Yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, what's the bottom line with a lot of these is, does it make my job more efficient? Does it make my communication to prospects more efficient and productive? And Does it increase close rates, of course? The bottom line, and you you start talking about ROI and things like that, it's still a big picture. You have all these components, but when you put them together, are we doing our job better than we would before that? And that's the bottom line.
0: Yeah and I think that's you know usually been one of the criticisms against martech is sometimes yeah I mean companies are layering in a bunch of tools um before they've actually even got in the you know fundamentals right and um yeah. What ends up happening is, I mean, you know, it's, you can spend a lot of money on MarTech. I mean, all you need is a credit card and, you know, you know, go wild. Um, but you know, if you don't really focus on what you said earlier, right, it's like the, the people and the strategy and the process and sort of the discipline of how you're applying it. Yeah. It just, it, it it's wasted money.
1: Um, so. Right. I mean, I know there's so many tools out there, And, you know, you're 7,000 and growing, (laughs) but um, how you find those? I have no idea. But... uh, A lot of
0: Google searches.
1: (laughs) I guess. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's categories and probably like Google alerts and things like that. Who gets funding? But, um, you know, how do you identify your most important needs if you're a company and what's the best way to evaluate solutions in your view?
0: Yeah. I mean, so one of the most helpful exercises I've seen companies go through is really doing a customer journey map, Uh, you know, like understanding um, the segments of who your customers are and then like sort of mapping out, how do they find you? How do they engage with you? Um, And a little bit of that is sort of like, you know, you usually have like, okay, well, this is the current model of how they find us and engage with us. And then here's what we see as the future model is like, You know, we know our competitors uh, are finding and engaging them in different ways, or we hear from customers, you know, what they want, uh, you know, and so I think when you map it out that way and you try and divorce it from specific tools as much as possible, it's just trying to understand, you know, how how do we remove friction from the process of customers engaging with us and being happy and delighted? Um, And I think if you get clarity around that, then you're in a much better position to, you know, go to the next level and say, okay, um, how, do we, how do we implement that? You know, and then you can start to evaluate, you know, different tools and uh, technology strategies that would help you achieve it. Yeah, for
1: sure. I mean, the, I mean, the bottom line is also is, if you do find a need, really determine how much the extra bells and whistles are worth it versus the basics. And because uh, everybody has to have their own value proposition, you know, and any kind of company really is, I always talk about, well, what needs do you solve and why should I buy from you? So th- that's a basic with any company, really. Um, yeah. But, you know, we're doing this podcast in 2020. And you know what that means. We have stuff going on in this world. And, um, so let's be a little timely here and talk about, have you noticed any, uh, changes in marketing technology, um, right now during this period? And is it going to evolve? Obviously the tele, tele remote software has grown and seen that, but is there, you have any other insights on, um, how marketing technology is going to evolve?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, the explosion of, uh, you know, the video conferencing and virtual events and all this sort of stuff. Um, yeah, that's crazy. I I think I'd recently seen some chart about, uh, yeah, like Zoom's <laughs> stock price relative to all its peers. And it's like, oh, my goodness, that's crazy. Um, I think, you know, so much has happened so suddenly that, you know, it, it it's hard to, I think, accurately extrapolate patterns for you know broader martech at this point but being just sort of logical i think we recognize two things are true one the more adaptable your business is the better right because this whole crisis has reminded us that you know i mean the world is full of all sorts of uncertainties and disruptions and you know part of the thing is you you can't actually predict what the next one is going to be or when it's going to be and so If you're building into your business mechanisms that allow you to adapt more quickly, whether it's a competitive threat or a worldwide pandemic, um, that's probably a good thing. Um, And then I think the second thing, a little more specific, is this recognition that we already knew digital channels were becoming just steadily more and more important for finding and engaging with customers. Yeah. Um but I think now we've like everyone wants to double down on that. It's like, okay, wow, you know, this may not just be a, a great way to find and engage customers under certain circumstances, it may be the only way to find and engage with customers. And so I think, you know, the economic challenges here we'll we'll just have to see how long it takes for, you know, the world to recover. But if if, if we set that aside for a moment and say, well, what's the longer term trend coming out of this? I suspect it's only going to serve to accelerate what is cliched, but, you know, we call digital transformation. I think that's just going to accelerate faster. Digital
1: transformation. I think I've heard that term before. Talking about (laughs) buzzwords, right? (laughs) That's the Uh, granddaddy of them at this point. I know. Just a little sidebar. I know people involved. I always challenge them. Okay, you do digital transformation. What's your scope of work document look like? You know. <laughs> you know, if you can give me some bullet points, I get it now. <laughs> but um, yeah, well, that's a sidebar. <laughs> you know, like customer experience. Oh, we do customer experience. Oh good. Let's get started. Okay. <laughs> so, you know, but um I know there's a lot involved with that. I get it. Um, uh, but there's great companies out there, so um, but, you know, that's the kind of thing is, um, again, it's still about finding the solution to help productivity to generate revenue. That's the bottom line of everything that we do. Um, so, even as a young person, you know, I don't know if there's any like college classes on marketing technology, but if you're a young person, I mean, can you get trained and um, how do you? Uh, how does a young person learn about this to provide value? Is it just doing webinars and being proactive or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah,
0: that's a great question. I think um, there's actually a lot of answers there. I mean, you know, the first is the fundamentals in both marketing and technology are as relevant as they ever were. So, I mean, like, if you want to be a great marketer, you know, to get really good at, writing and communications and to understand psychology and understand, you know, business and economics. I mean, all the, all those fundamentals uh, are as applicable as ever. Um, I think on the technology side, like, you know, anyone who like learns programming, you know, not that you have to become a programmer as your career, but to just understand algorithmic thinking uh, and to get some sense of, you know, how systems get connected together. Uh, it's just super helpful context. And then I think once you're actually getting into a job, then, yeah, you know, the technology and the world has been just evolving so rapidly that there it feels less like, oh, there's a specific degree I'm going to get that's going to teach me all this and I'm done. It's more of like, you kind of need to just be able to jump in and start working with this stuff and frankly, never rest on your laurels. I mean, you know, if, if you aren't trying to, you know, push yourself to like learn, all right, well, you know, what's, what's changing, what's new, you know, uh, you know, what can I learn from that? Um, you know, it, it's, it's really easy to just sort of fall behind. And um, yeah, well, the, the tools that are at your disposal uh, to uh, deliver value to a business uh, and its
1: customers. I think another hint is make sure everybody gets to read your blog, (laughs) 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 by the way.
0: Okay, um, I'll take that.
1: (laughs) Okay. You know, and then there's, you know, the whole third door media thing, I think, too. So, yeah, um, that's pretty, uh, I love that stuff. Yeah, me too. Well, um, let's talk about, you know, we mentioned something about the future, but specifically, I know... AI is grown and predictive and machine learning. And although I fight that all the time, you know, like sometimes you either kind of believe algorithmic marketing or not, but I'm a, a little sidebar on when, when I run Google ad campaigns, I always do the manual stuff because I like control. <laughs> so, and sometimes it works better, but, um, but, you know, what what's in the what do you think is the next big technology in marketing if you look at your crystal ball
0: yeah i mean i'm always a little bit wary about predicting the future just because uh <laughs> i've found that uh, the future has a fascinating tendency to take shape uh, in ways uh, that defy uh, you know predictions um
1: true true
0: <laughs> but i think um I think the truth is, there's there's a lot of room for making. All right, well, two things. One is I think there's a lot of room for making software easier for people to use. I mean, I've looked at a lot of martech products, and some of them are incredibly powerful, but the user experience is just not great. Um, and I think you know some of it is because there's a lot of now, Martech out there that's been around for quite some time, and you know what was considered state of the art in user experience ten years ago, you know, luckily I would like to think, you know, software in general, um, what we've learned is the best practices of good UX um, have gotten a lot better, uh, and I think there's a lot of opportunity for the industry as a whole to catch up uh, and make it just easier and friendlier and more intuitive for you know marketers to not be lost in the tech uh, and to really be able to keep the higher level view of, um, yeah, the customer and the strategy. So there's that, and then I think the other thing that we'll see a lot of uh, improvement or expansion of is, all right, get ready for another another buzzword here. Um, All right. These tools for quote unquote citizen developers, this idea of saying, I'm not a software programmer, but I have some particular process I want to build for either a customer to engage with me a certain way, or maybe for my team to have a certain workflow. And rather than like having to take a ticket and wait for someone in IT to build that eventually some year, to just have a tool that I can kind of... Yeah, visually put together, yeah, this is, I want to ask these questions, I want to take this information, I want to trigger this other thing, and yeah, that's done. Uh, And just be able to do that and publish that, you know, the tools available for that now are pretty impressive, Uh, but they're they're still early. I mean, there's a lot of maturity that needs to happen there. They're not quite mainstream for most people, but they're headed that way. And I think if we look out over the next five years, you know, the the typical marketer who does not think of themselves as a technologist at all is going to be able to sort of on the fly, just in their job, build things that 10 years ago would have, like, required a whole software
1: engineering team to make happen. I think yeah, yeah.
0: that's going to be really cool.
1: Here's another thing I was thinking about. This is a little crazy, but it's taking advantage of, you know, voice with technology mm. right like we already have like google and alexa whatever and i think they're going to improve and then plus the interact if we're going to be working remotely or, or you know more um engaging interactive custom presentations can you imagine if you said you know instead of powerpoint maybe it's a little more powerpoint on steroids uh, can you make that red you know <laughs> or uh, can you find uh, you know, if you're talking to, hey, Microsoft, you know, or whatever, can you find trends on what CEOs think of accounting software at their firm or something like that, right? Oh, we'll find that. Here it is. Insert presentation, right? That kind of thing. Um, You know, so just if you get my drift of kind of um, the future of, Finding information and presenting it dynamically and easily and compellingly for whatever you need to do to engage buyers. So that's a thought.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think you're you're right. I mean, in some ways, like Alexa has both um, given us the promise, uh, you know, of uh, wow, you know, how easy this could be, but. At the same time, I think, yeah, most people, you know, have interacted with Alexa or Google Assistant or whatnot. I feel like, you know, today it's, it's very easy to run into the limitations. But the truth is, yeah, I mean, uh, that technology is continuing to improve and accelerate at an incredible rate. And, yeah, uh, you know, you extrapolate this out, you know, three to five years, yeah you could totally see having those sorts of conversations with you know whether it's in your home or you know in your workplace or maybe those two are the same more often than we want now but um yeah it's i think you're right i think it's going to be it's it's almost it kind of reminds me of like uh the mobile stuff like uh, i'm sure you remember it's like there were years where people was like this will be the year of mobile this will be the year of mobile and every year it wasn't the year of mobile until suddenly like i don't know around 2010 or something, everyone, like, wakes up and it's like, well, crap, I mean, we're just all using mobile devices for all this stuff, I guess, the,
1: you know, it's here, and I think you'll see that, too, in voice, that's, yeah, voice is big, voice SEO, and, you know, to be funny, like, some technology may not work, I haven't heard about uh, Google AMP page in about two years, for example, (laughs) right, you know, so, like, oh, we have to do AMP pages now, well, maybe not anymore, (laughs) So um, you know that's the thing. You know Google Plus, Google Wave, Google this. Google's not perfect. You know, and and that's it's actually a lesson there that you can be number one in something and screw up everything else. It's still, you know, and uh, you know, despite all the research and testing and this and that, sometimes just things just aren't um, accepted. I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's worth keeping that humility um, uh, because, yeah, it definitely, uh, well, uh, all right, so one level is, yeah, if you're a big company, keeping that humility. I think the other thing is to recognize this is why there's still a lot of opportunities for entrepreneurs because the big companies, in spite of all their resources and all their market power, which is impressive, the truth is they don't, have some sort of magical guarantee of being able to invent the next thing that catches the world on fire. And, uh, you know, <laughs> granted, a lot of startups try that too and fail. But, you know, every now and again, you see a startup that knocks it out of the park. It wasn't that many years ago that, like, Zoom was a startup. In, in, in a space that everyone had assumed was, like, already, I mean, like, oh my goodness, another yeah. conferencing solution. You know, and they crushed it. Uh, it's uh, it's impressive to see that those cycles still exist. Uh, yeah.
1: Today. yeah, for sure. So much for PC Anywhere, right? Remember that one? <laughs> um, I do. <laughs> um, Go to meeting must be, like, what have we done? But... um. <laughs> That's what happens, you know, and just a little sidebar before we finish up is you know, here I am 58 years old, and oh god, do I have to learn TikTok advertising? <laughs> right. So um, because that's like number one on the app store now. So um, but you know, we do that because that's what it is. So um so this is um great conversation. Um anything you want to say in closing, a summary of marketing technology for companies and any uh, last minute thoughts?
0: Yeah. Well, I guess I would say, uh, yeah, if you come across my crazy MarTech landscape, uh, don't let it intimidate you. Um, you know, as we were talking about earlier, you know, what really matters is the fundamentals, you know, get some core capabilities and apply them really well uh, towards uh, your customers and your business. Yeah. Yeah, just keep learning. And, you know, it's uh, Everyone looks at it and feels like, wow, that's a really crazy landscape. So, you know, wrap it up in a little ball, toss it to one side and, you
1: know, focus on uh, what really matters. Yeah. Yeah, I get to see right now. How's your stack? Well, do you have that in your stack? My stack. Your stack. <laughs> My stack's better than your stack. Well, we have this in our stack. Oh, can I see your stack? Whatever. <laughs> but... Uh, Oh, i see I know they on linkedin all the time but anyway um scott brinker thank you for joining me today and good luck at you know your current position at hubspot and um and and keep sharing that the content because we got to keep learning and keep growing despite what's going on and, thank uh, you. and it's great stuff great stuff that's uh chief martech and that's tech with a c no h at the end right
0: Yes, long story there. I'll spare you. <laughs> but,
1: <laughs> thank you. Chief Martech T E C dot All right. Well, thanks for joining me, and uh, you know, look forward to seeing you guys at the next podcast. Seeing you guys. Why did I say that here? But you know what I mean. Uh, Fixed to convince. That's our podcast. We got other great topics coming up, and uh, have a great day. Thank you. Thanks.
0: Thanks for having me, Paul. Bye. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to get more marketing optimization insights. Fix the convince.